Welcome to Starlight, a space-themed D&D opera. My name is Sam Williams, and I'm the voice behind Clive Jensen, your favorite cybernetic cowboy. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for tuning in. This show is a passion project for all of us, and without you, it wouldn't be possible. After the show, if you could drop us a review on iTunes, this will help us further our goal of reaching the furthest corners of the galaxy and allow us to provide the best adventure for every spacer. Thank you, everyone. And with that, let us continue into Starlight. Was the night aboard the C2 and all through the ship the radar wasn't stirring, not even a blip. The crew all journaled without a care, for they had the hero's journal to help them prepare. McKenna, an elephant on two legs, wrote snug in her bed, I am thankful to not be wed. The sharp shooting of Clive, and the formation of this beautiful hive. Visions of being better, a more centered loxodon dancing in her head. Clive snuggled down to write in his tattered clothes and cap. But today, I learned to dance. It was exhilarating, the best I've ever felt. Now, for me, it's time to nap. Pleased, he was headed towards his goals. He prepared for the dark place and a good night's nap. Then, there there was Atlas, who goal set with a clatter. Become more powerful, find the monster from his past, take care of the last loved ones in his life. He was the strongest in the universe, but even so, he needed goals that matter. Over a year and with a flash, the hero's journal made them all better with a whooshing wash. Increasing productivity, mindfulness, and goal accomplishing flow, they found the heroes to the journey lay within them just below. Complete with pictures that make the fun appear. Each page is a magic story like flying reindeer. Recognize who wants to be quick? The journal makes accountability, visualization, and development fun in a flick. Their colors, quality cover, and Discord community are the bomb! So check them out now at heroesjournal.co! Wow! Here we go. Roll for initiative. All right, guys, welcome back to Starlight, and we hope you guys have enjoyed some of these past episodes that have been going on, getting to see a little bit more about the inner lives of our players' characters, such as Atlas's date, or Clive's things he's searching for, or maybe some of the things that make Grey nervous. But in this episode, coming up, perhaps, maybe, we will see what is to come in the test. But before we get there, a big shout out, once again, thanks to those at theheroesjournal.co. Um, if you're looking for something that is going to raise your productivity and bring adventure into your life and be a beautiful notebook that you can have anywhere that everyone's going to say, oh, kawaii, where did you get that? Then the Heroes Journal is the thing for you. 
I will also add, it would make a great Christmas gift since we're in the holiday times. Uh, nice try. But actually, this is going to come out like in February, March. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so for 2022 Christmas, actually consider it because... Or birthdays. On a, on a serious note, it is a wonderful sponsor and they have been helping people get their life on track and um, really accomplish their goals. So... Uh, if you find that you're a little scatterbrained like I am, or just lacking some of the motivation at times and just need something to help give you that little extra oomph, then check out theheroesjournal.co. They might have something for you. And if you can't afford it, I'm going to tell you something super cool they do. On YouTube, they have all of these like little podcast episodes they do. And every Friday, or not every Friday, but certain Fridays of the month, they do a free journal Friday where you can get the first hundred pages for free and to try it out. So check the doobly-doo below. And again, that's herojournal.co. But I am yammering. So let's introduce the wonderful cast, starting with... I'm Sam Williams, and I play Clive Jensen. I'm Nathan, and I play Atlas. I'm Courtney, and I play Ray Byrne. And I am Isaac, your resident dungeon master. So why don't we jump into this episode of Starlight? Hey, Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Team Luma took advantage of the time to bond and get to know one another and explore their own personal interests. For Clive, it is shopping for and getting serious about his culinary future. And for Atlas, we can only wonder at what burns between him and his bioengineer, Guinevere Watson. Following a night of fun and relaxation at the ballroom, the squad now prepares for the final test to see if they have what it takes to join the Acer family of the Kashin. Now, what trials lie ahead in the tea room of the Swan Silhouette, we shall soon find out. Memories retrieved. But let's jump and do a vote of inspiration as a crew. Uh, I'll start. And um, my vote is going to actually go to Atlas. Um, I think that there was a, a lot of character development that happened in the last few games. And I think that's been really cool to see. I'm going to give it to Atlas as well, because I really like Father Atlas. Um, <laughs> I feel like Father Atlas turned into like Daddy Atlas with uh, Guinevere. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm also gonna give it to Atlas, nice. but maybe for a different reason. Daddy Atlas <laughs> gets the vote of inspiration. Oh yeah, you can only give, use that inspiration. The for test was coming. The test was coming up, so I was gonna give it to the DM, but oh good. <laughs> Why would you give it to the DM for the test? Because <laughs> like he has it, one. Nope. I know. I know. He still he still has one. So we'll see. Okay. Well, then in that case. We jump in. It is 1455. The test is in five minutes. You guys have made your way to the main central tower of Amine Tower. You guys have taken the elevator up to the 87th floor where you have found the Swan Silhouette, one of the supposed nicest tea rooms available. It is completely done in the traditional style of those of Ballastar. It's 
tatami mats. Even though it's an entire floor that's, again, like I said, almost a half mile deep. This entire floor of the 87th floor, shoes are not permitted. You see soldiers posted, but they are dressed not in the style of anything you've seen within the this Acer family, the Kashin family. They are dressed in garb similar to that of samurai. They carry very archaic katanas. And everything about this just makes you feel like you've been thrown into the past. You are escorted by a halfling, the key master of the swan silhouette, into the, the tea room. There, you see that there is a nice couch, a table, an area to prepare the teas. The tea master bows and then leaves to the room. You guys are left there alone, and you can now see that there are windows that overlook outside. This particular tea room has a window view that happens to be under the waterfall that comes off of the tower. So you are getting like, as the sun is piercing through the window, you're getting this like waterfall that looks like crystals falling with like a rainbow cutting through. You can see for miles out in the distance. You see where the island ends and you see where the sea begins. It is breathtaking. The clock ticks. And finally at last, 1500 comes. And as 1500 comes, the door opens and in walk four beings. Three look to be some soldiers of some type and they seem to be flanking a woman. The soldiers are dressed in blacks. They are dressed similar to the soldiers who were on guard outside of uh, Second Dawn Slauson's room. And in that, I mean, they are wearing a, a uniform that doesn't have any demarcations of their rank or order. All they have is a silver star embroidered on the back, and they have tattoos that run up and down the length of their body and completely wrap around their faces so that it's almost hard to tell like some of their facial features. They have the hilts attached to their belt with the line of cable that runs to the back of like this like generator backpack. And for you, Atlas, you know exactly who these are. They are the royal family's bodyguards. The woman who enters, you would all recognize her. You've seen her face in the chow hall. This is the boss mother, Ada Kashin. Now the gravity of this hits you. Not Maybe not some of you, but it hits Atlas. Atlas, you have been here for so many years, and never once have you even been, been allowed to be on the same floor as the boss family. I whisper over at Atlas. Is this, this is the mother, right? Yes, it is. And Atlas looks kind of like tense or like kind of stiff. Are worried. you okay? Should I be worried? Yeah, everything's fine. Gotta wait and see what they want. Okay. Clive's gonna probably st <clears throat> stay quiet, but aware, and he's gonna keep an eye on Atlas so that he can mimic any signs of like respect that he may show the boss mother since you know Clive doesn't really have any sort of relationship with any of these people. And as she walks in, you would know that the proper signifier would be to bow. She walks straight up to your group and she just stands there and looks at all of you. 
She's not too tall. She's actually barely taller than Ray. Yeah, Alice will bow. I'll do the same. I want you all to make a, a group performance check. Oh boy. 18. 2. 14. She looks at all of you bowing and then she pulls out a fan and then she fans herself a little bit nods and walks over to the couch and sits down and the moment she sits down that's the signifier that you guys may rise she then waves at her entourage and she says go on wait outside we will be having tea the soldiers nod but they all seem to mark each of you with the look of ones who would kill you in an instant if need be and they file out of the room allowing the halfling tea master to come back in the halfling comes up to the table and says uh, lady kashin what would you like today dragon ulang please my guests will have the same and the halfling then goes over and starts preparing <sighs> everyone's reactions the same I am Ada Kashin. I am the boss mother. But I invite you to sit at this table. Here we are equals. Well, okay. Clive goes and sits down. Ray sits very nervously. And it's obvious she's very nervous. Yeah, Alice was just sitting across from the boss mother. So I hear that you are all potential members to my family. How do you like your stay? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. It's probably the most comfortable I've been since linking up with these two. So, yeah, it's been pretty great. Thank you. These guys seem to treat your guests really, really well. Of course, honor would dictate it. And what about you? It's been the nicest place that I've been. Yet... I've been somewhat disappointed by the lack of ability to find a rat. Hmm. We have rats. Do you like rats? No, I love rats. Could you sniff them out if you were asked to? Absolutely. That's good. Are you referring to metaphorical rats? As in people? <laughs> because that's not what I'm referring to. What you refer to doesn't matter. What matters is my point. Okay. <laughs> but I do enjoy your take and interest in rats. Yes. And I am very interested. You say that you've been to many places that are not as nice as this, though. Where have you been? Well, that's a long list. Give me the shorthand. Well, I came from Endul, um, which was okay, but I was kind of living on the streets there. Before that, I was on a pirate ship where I was treated terribly. Um, so this really has been great. Good. And what about this room? How do you like this room? All of you. Have you been to Arsenu's tea shop? 
No. I do not know what that is. I have no need to leave this tower. You should check it out sometime. Before anything bad happens to it. It reminds me of that place. And how do you like this tea room? Well, it's beautiful, I will say. Uh, I've never been one much one for uh, fancy things myself, so to be honest, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm just not used to it. But all in all, uh, definitely shows how highly you know everyone respects you, and you know I, I appreciate you inviting me into it. At this point, now I need everyone to go ahead and roll a perception roll. 25, nat 20. 14. 20. Not natural 20, though. I either need Ray to close her ears or leave the room. Okay. You feel this sudden just like zapping in the back of your head. Almost like near where your Neuralink is. It's very light. It's like a slight tingling that makes the skin kind of crawl. And then like kind of creep down the spine. It almost feels like something like just lightly was touching at your minds. Both of you. But you can't place where or how. Ray, you can come back. But it's, it's just, it's ever so faint. And... Atlas, your name, I have been told. Yes, you've been with us for quite some time. Berserker. Second, Don Slauson speaks highly of you. Is it deserved? I believe that I have finished my missions and assignments efficiently, and I don't think I've failed one of them yet, other than one of the biggest ones, which is the retrieving the Sunmaker. Hmm. I am privy to the information on that. That is, well, that is a definite disappointment, but it also was a seemingly impossible task, so I do not think much into it. Now, so you know, you are all here for a test to decide if you are worthy of joining the Acer family. Atlas, I am told, has prepared you well, and you all come with your own skills. Atlas has already passed his own test, and so, Atlas, you will not be a part of this. This test solely relies on these two. I ask about the room, because, as you notice with this floor, it is all tradition. Our family carries a legacy of tradition and honor and integrity. Everything in this room carries that. From the wood veneer, the tatami mats, to the way that our master halfling is preparing the teas. You will find nothing in here that breaks that. So look at it all. Notice the things, because this room reflects, should you join us, what you will take in with you. You will live by the principles of honor. You will live by the principles of doing, of serving the family. You will live by the principles of integrity. And so, my simple test, 
just to see how you like the tea. I, I think I can tell you how I like the tea. Wonderful. And as she says that, that's when the tea master comes back with the carafe of teas, sets it down the, the like stonework cups, pours it, and then hands each one out to you. Everyone except Atlas, of course. Ray and Clive, will you please roll a perception roll? 19. 21. I need you to close your ears. And I need Atlas to close his ears. Ray, as the tea is being poured for Ada, you watch as the halfling has like this like long like him, and there's a small mechanical arm that just comes out into the palm ever so quickly with a small sachet. As he's pouring, out comes this like white powder that mixes into her tea, and the, the mechanical arm goes back into the sleeve. The halfling bows and walks away. All right, you guys are good. The halfling bows and says, I hope you enjoy your teas. And then makes to leave for the door. Excuse me. Huh? I think it's fair if, if you taste boss mother's tea first. Excuse me, Ada says. Just, just have him do it. Trust me. Just have him do it. It is tradition that the highest standing takes the first drink. I can't let you do that. I will have none of that. It's he poisoned it. I I I'm not trying to ruin your tradition and break honor and integrity, but there's something in your drink. And I I'm sorry. I know this is awkward. You don't know me, but I wouldn't lie to you. I have known Coram for my entire lifetime. There is no poison in this tea. If there's tea. no poison in it, it wouldn't be a big deal if you take a sip first. Coram will not take the sip first. I really can't let you drink that. Is this room not filled with tradition and honor? Tradition okay, dictates then, that I take the first drink. Then just trade me. You could take the first drink of mine. If they're the same... It's not a big deal if you trade me. Make a persuasion roll. That's a four. The tea maker nods and says, Thank you, boss mother. I appreciate your consideration and your trust in me. And leaves the door and closes it behind him. Alice, you can't let her drink it. Ada reaches for the tea I, I, and raises it. I smack it out of her hand. All right, so Alice will attempt to grab both Ray's hand from hitting it, but also grab the cup. Atlas, you are going to do a contested athletics roll against both Ray and then Ada. So you and Ray can do yours first. Okay, athletics? If you have anything, you can do it too. Wait, can I do acrobatics instead? Yeah, sorry, you can be, okay. you can be versus your acrobatics. Sure. Oh. I think Clive's gonna just try to stay respectful. <laughs> 13. 13 plus seven, 20. Atlas's <laughs> hand catches you. Ada got 14. 5 plus 7, which is 12. Mm. Mm. You're too slow. Ada takes the drink. <sighs> Pungent strong. She seems to almost pay no attention to the commotion that has happened around her. And when she looks at all of you, still with Atlas holding Ray's hand, Ray like halfway across the table, Clive kind of like 
being respectful, but in a weird position, she says, Please drink. Is she, does she look okay? She looks all right so far. I'm sorry. I have to stop the guy who just went out. And I I get up from the table and run Ooh. after the guy who went to tea. Okay. So you get to the door. The door is completely barred, locked. Is there a guard there? No. I'm pounding on the door. Ray, what are you doing? Sit he back po- down. He poisoned her. I promise he poisoned her. And she's like... like panics um, because she knows how important this person is and how, how do you know she I, there was an arm in his coat and and powder came out of it into her tea but and how do you know this isn't part of the test was it just hers or was it all of everyone's it was just hers Ray going to make a perception roll as you're by the door pounding it and frantically talking uh 21 or 20 you see as you're by the door and uh, near the counter where the, the tea master is making the teas, you see a similar white sachet just hanging out from like an open cabinet. I go look at it or figure out what it is. <laughs> it looks exactly the same as what you saw. What do you want to do with it? There's no label or anything on it. Those of you who are sitting at the table, you see Ada waiting for you guys to take a drink of your own tea. And she just smiles. And and she says, please, like this room, tradition dictates it. Clive's going to take a sip. It's sweet and pungent at the same time. Yes, uh, it's quite quite floral and it sits in the back of the throat real nice. And I'm, I enjoy it. I would agree. And she goes to take another sip. But as she takes it, you watch as her hand starts to shake. And the color kind of starts to drain from her face it looks like she's kind of like being overcome with like a palsy are are you are you okay i I think and she looks over at ray as if like finally considering the words that you said ray the cup sets down on the table and she kind of like slumps back against the couch the the words quickly like slurring in her mouth I'm like pounding on the door let us out like, the, the the mother's been poisoned make a performance check 11 there is no response Atlas you're strong break this door at this point too Clive is going to start uh, checking the boss mother make sure she doesn't you know set her down give her get her some water or something Clive go ahead and make a medicine check because you're w- working on the boss mother that 20 you don't recognize the poison but you recognize it mode of action it seems like it it works against the nervous system and is slowly now starting to shut down her ability to breathe you start doing like a little bit of like work that you can but you know that as a time wise you have probably about 10 minutes to save her oh this is not good guys this is this isn't just some normal poison. If we don't, if we don't get her out of here and get her some help, she's not going to live. And so if you say that, you go and get some water. You bring it back to her to help, to to help out. And she takes the water, barely able to drink it it down. And go ahead and make a perception roll with advantage. Twenty-two. Clive, you watch her drink the water, and you're 
100% certain you got it to her lips. But for the life of you, you can't figure out why you're seeing most of the water actually pooling on the ground below her. You look at her face, you don't see any droplets of water coming out the sides of her mouth. Does it look like the water is going into her mouth? Or is it just... It looked like it was going into her mouth. You see the dark stain of like water all on the on the tatami mat below. Puts the cup down and... Is, can, I, can I make a perception check to see if I can see anything around her or like above or under her like immediately? I think that'd be investigation. Investigation. Actually. Nat 20. Wow. Hey. You are rolling well. Roll Did you roll three nat 20s this game? Yeah. That is amazing. So you're looking around frantically like, uh, or not frantically, actually getting more methodical about it. You don't see anything directly right around her or mm. under her. Your hand does touch the water, but you can't figure out why it doesn't feel moist to you. It almost feels like something has messed with your senses. And then you start to broaden your investigation a little bit more and you start to look around the room. You see the walls that are carved in the traditional style. You see the two swans that are have interlacing beaks going across like swords and from which this room gets its namesake. You see some of the traditional masks, some of like what you saw on in Osmaria. And then you see one thing that doesn't fit tradition. It is a perfectly steel mirror. And I need Atlas and Ray to, to close their ears. In this mirror, you see a reflection of the room. You, however, do not see the boss mother lying down on the couch, slumped over, paralyzed. You see the boss mother sitting there patiently, watching all this happen, sitting next to where the image of her on the on the couch is. And when you are looking at it, you kind of catch your eye and she smiles and winks. I'm going to step back and I'm going to go back and uh, I'm going to sit back down on the couch and I'm going to take another sip of my tea. What are you, what are you doing? Well, it doesn't seem to be anything we can do here. I mean, if it's, if she's been poisoned, it's already, it's already hit her. I mean, she's, you obviously can't get out. Clive, you said she has 10 minutes. We need 10 minutes to get help. Where are we going to get help from? I think it would be in our best interest if we just sit back and relax. Well, she dies? Maybe it's part of the test. It's part of the test that she's dying? Trust me. I think we should just sit back. Can I do an insight on Clive? Yes. That's a nine. It just seems calm. Ray, like, wide-eyed, sits down and drinks the tea very nervously. A couple more minutes pass. The boss mother Ada continues kind of, like, groaning. And eventually even her mouth can't make noises anymore. It turns into a horse, like breath and eventually even that expires by about the time you guys finish your last sip of tea 
that tingling you felt on the back of your spine near your Neuralink goes away. And suddenly you see the, the corpse of the boss mother disappear just completely from view. Next to her, you see where the corpse was. You see Ada sitting there holding her tea. And she says, you passed. Well done. Thank you. You kept with tradition, but you kept your eyes peeled, aware of your surroundings. You will need some work, but you trusted your teammate. Welcome to our family. And then with that, the door to the tea room opens up. You see the halfling come in and begins working on another pot of tea. I don't mean to be rude, but that was the weirdest initiation that I have ever heard of. But thanks for the welcome. You are most welcome. And Ray nervously takes out a knife and begins to sharpen it. I am real. Could you please put that away? Otherwise my guards will get jumpy. Okay. So then I start petting my rats. Corum, please pour us another pot, and then will you leave us in silence so that I may talk with our newest members? Of course, of course. Ada then tells you, Very well done, recognizing that we had this room tapped and your neural links were affected. It was quick thinking to figure that out. And again, I commend you on listening to your teammate. Atlas, you've done a really fine job of preparing them for anything. I've read some of the files that you are going under the name Squad Luma. And after having extensive talks with Second Don Slauson, the reason I came to test you all in person is because I am interested in what you three have to offer. As I'm sure Atlas has told you, our keep was attacked not long ago. One of the best men that I ever knew was killed. Many other were taken and something was stolen from our labs. For reasons that we have come to believe that it was an inside job. It also seems to coincide with my husband growing very sick. A sickness that I don't think is natural. A sickness that I think is likely poison or something like it. Someone is trying to kill us from the inside out or steal something of grave importance. And I need someone who will only report to me and second Don Slauson. That is why you had such a weird test. Something to look at your mental acuity. To see things that are unseen. That is why you've been put through strange training. And it's part of the reason why I've chosen you is because many of you are outsiders without ties. I am offering you a proposition. I would like for you three to work for me as a shadow squad. 
How does that sound? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. You've shown us quite a bit of hospitality and, uh, you know, you have a lot of resources that I could take advantage of that, you know, from some of my own personal stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I would, I'll help you out. Oh, I do have one condition, though. If I do help you, could I get access to the archives that are on the 37th floor? You were already authorized the moment you passed my test. Oh, awesome. Okay. Thank you. I've never really belonged anywhere. And I'm not sure this would be the first place that I'd want to belong. But it sounds like an interesting offer. Um... Can you be the one to help me get a rat, though? Please? Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. (laughs) That's a 12. I can have your stipend accommodate a rat. Yes. We'll take out what you need to purchase one, and we'll have one delivered to you. Thanks. Of course. We all have our things. I want you to understand, though, as I feel like you should know what you are getting into. Seeing as you don't know the full details of anything, this is your chance to walk away and decide if you want to do more of the lowly, normal tasks within our families, military units. Or... You can take this and do things that no one else has done. But you should know that to be a part of a shadow ops unit means that you do not exist. We, as in Commander Slauson and I, will be looking into some of the events that occurred. And soon enough, Second Don Slauson will have assignments for you to start ferreting out what happened. His own Black Ops units are still getting more information, working on some of the data that was... Some of the data that was gathered from the attack. A lot of it's been scrambled by some really high-level slicing, but if they can render it, make it cohesive, we can get a lead in which you guys will be investigating. But seeing as we are very certain it is something within our own units... You are bound to potentially cross lines that could get you into trouble. And I can't claim you. The Acers, the Kashin family, we can't claim you. So if something were to go wrong while on a particular mission, such as under my behest, under Second Don Slauson's behest in terms of looking into this matter, depending on what it is, we might have to claim you as rogue actors and you have to go with it. On top of that, we don't want anybody looking into you. We don't want them to know that you are after them. And therefore, we will keep the money trail making it seem like you are just simple soldiers. While we can provide better accommodations, the monthly pay will remain the same. Weapons, gear, all of that will be at access. Um, 
you'll be able to purchase those at, at our rate. But those are the negatives. On the plus sides, I trust from what I've heard from Second Dawn's Loss and that Atlas is capable. And with that, you will have the discretion to do what you need to do. You will be trusted in what you do. Is this something you want? Well, I've been uh, been an outsider most of my life, and up until I met Atlas, I really haven't all had all that much help either, so yeah, this is just another day for me. Hmm. That's what I was thinking, but I was kind of excited to feel like I belong somewhere, but I guess that was short-lived. Um, can I make one more strange request outside of the rat hmm. I met a friend his name is Crete not Crete he's a slave and we were told by um, what's his name um, second Don Slauson that we would be given slaves and he's a slave so I was wondering if we could be given him Please. Make one more persuasion roll. <laughs> With advantage? Nope. Eleven. Crete, you say. It will be considered. Thanks. Hmm. Now it's more than a date. I was going to say, man, you guys haven't even been on a first date yet, and you're already moving in. You're already taking ownership out of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a knock at the door. And Ada says, oh, That is Slauson now. Come in. And the door opens with a ch- And in walks the dark skinned Slauson, dressed in a. And he's in a dress uniform. No, oh, you passed. Well done, Commander Atlas. He comes to join you guys on the couch. He bows, gets to Ada, and actually gets down on his knees and for the bow. Then he gets up, sits down, and puts down a, a series of um, data pads. And on them, there's just like basic information that he kind of pushes over to you guys. But he starts to kind of go over what's contained in it. Since I was pinged by the boss, Mother, I would assume that you agreed. Atlas and I have spoken. But as of right now, you are all put on leave. You are indefinitely on leave. For issues that your psych team has all evaluated you to be compromised. So until my team of slicers are done reconstituting the information from the attack, you are all actually on leave. Stay here. Go wherever you want. Of course, it, we won't be paying for your fuel if you take your dragon anywhere. But you are all, as of right now, you're all on vacation. I imagine my team will only need a few more weeks, however, to put together the information. And I will be reaching out to you with your first task. Behind the scenes, when that happens, you are on the job. Questions? No, it seems pretty straightforward to me. No, thank you. He ruffles into his pocket, pulls out a crumpled pamphlet that Atlas has seen of this familiar beach 
with this family playing <laughs> on it. And he pushes it over. And he says, I saw you all come back. You all, Mother Kashin, permission to speak frankly. Permission granted. You all look like dog shit. <laughs> Might I recommend a nice stay at the Opal Beaches? <laughs> Where are the Opal Beaches? New Toro. Wonderful world. Hmm. Well, we can't leave for three days. So m maybe. Well, in those data pads, you will find my information. You'll be able to contact me and I will be able to contact you. Squad, call sign Luma. Welcome to our family. He then gets up, bows, and he says, Now, unless you need me, I have more meetings to attend to. Thank you. So he leaves. Ada gets up and she says, Enjoy the tea. It is on the house. Stay for as long as you want. She then leaves. And you guys are left alone. So, well, welcome to the family. <laughs> well, sort of, it sounds like. Definitely not, uh, wasn't, wasn't not expecting to be inducted into some black ops kind of <laughs> squad when we initially started this whole process, but, uh, for our group, I think it works perfectly. Is it more, uh, freedom to basically pursue anything you need to also? And with the, uh, resources of the Acers backing us, I feel like any random hiccups that we might've come into before probably are behind us now. But the resources of the Acers aren't really backing us. <laughs> More or less. They... Yeah. That was... Awful. Well, mm. I think... Um, what time is it? It's like... It's like four. In the afternoon? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to say that was... That was pretty, pretty taxing, that whole, that whole experience. So I think I'm going to... I think I'm gonna go find a drink somewhere and maybe we can meet up tomorrow, discuss what our what our next step is, what we wanna do. Are there hunting grounds anywhere? Down in the actual city of Etrelis, yes. I think Ray just wants to kill some things, so she'll go to the hunting grounds. Alright, we're gonna need to I'm gonna need some time. I need to put together a licensing test. Um, and then we're also going to need to figure out the amount that it costs. Also, depending on what you're hunting, if it's, if it's a bird the hunting grounds and just kill things. Well, but if it's a bird, we're going to deal with transnational fees. She's just going <laughs> to just kidding. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> she just wants to go and kill things. Okay. So we'll say then as Ray and Clive, stand up to, to go about their own business separately. They head out the door, and as the door opens, you guys both almost knock over someone who looks like they're in about their 16th year, teenage girl, and she's dressed in just fair browns, um, and you see that she's just kind of like, Poof! oh, oh, um, uh, sorry. Uh, hi. Do you happen to know someone named Atlas? Yeah, unfortunately. 
And I point back to Atlas. Oh. What do you mean, oh? Does he always look so mean? Always. Yeah, but he's really a big, soft, cuddly bear. He's not. He is. He's definitely (laughs) not. He's more like a titanium dinosaur. Titanium cuddly dinosaur. I definitely wouldn't talk to him if you don't have to. (sighs) I do. And you see her kind of like sadly rub like her her wrist and you guys just get like a barest look of like numbers tattooed on the wrist. Oh. She's a slave. I'm gonna stay and eavesdrop a little. I'm still gonna leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Clive then like nods, walks off. The the girl walks in and at a healthy distance, she bows. She has like a slight reddish to her hair. The hair is long and in two braids. And, you know, she she has like some decent freckles and otherwise is dressed pretty plainly. Um, Atlas, I am your new slave. What's your name? Taryn. Can you uh, speak up for me? Taryn. Taryn? Taryn. Oren? Go ahead and make a charisma roll. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Two? My name is Taryn Yaris. I may be your slave, but I'm not here to be mocked. I'm here to pay the debt that my village owes you. Don't worry, Taryn. This is something you have to get used to with joining the group. I'm not trying to patronize you or Make you feel less than any of us. I was trying to get you used to being a group and kind of being a little less nervous. You walk in here timid, seeming to be afraid. So I feel like the easiest way to get you not afraid of me is by giving you a hard time. Make a persuasion roll. Uh, eight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, they told me to tell you my list of skills. Go ahead, let me me hear what you enjoy. I was raised in the tradition of farming. That is my father's side. My mother's side come from a long line of elders in the village. You've met my grandmother, Elder Yaris. Elder Yaris pledged me to your group when the village wasn't able to come up with the funds your family asked for. I am well equipped in the skills of orating and negotiating. All women in my family have been. Hmm. On top of that, I can, I am steeped in the tradition of tea. I have a faint understanding with the sewing needle i also can hold my own quite well if it were ever to come to fists i sure taught my brothers that that right can you show me what you can do with these uh fists atlas let me take her to the hunting grounds (laughs) we'll see what she can do well i just want to see if she it's, I understand the skills, and I'm not trying to disrespect any of that. 
But at the same time, I feel like you have a uh, pride you can't seem to swallow. So I just want to see how well you are with these uh, fists. I can't. I just. I can't. So I. I can. She starts mumbling. I also just stand there. Did you hear himself. me? No, I didn't. I didn't hear you mumble. What'd you say? Can you? She motions for you to lean towards her. You do? Oh, do I? Oh yeah, yeah. Atlas, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, he just he leans forward. She pokes you in the eye. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I like her. <laughs> ah. She does. She does one point of damage as you lean forward. She goes poking you like just right above the eye you know your eye kind of closing in time but enough for it to kind of like zing just a little bit she goes I'm not stupid I know I can't hurt you alright well if you choose to you're obviously you're free to do whatever you want to today um, I, I just need your contact information and also be able to uh, I feel like in a few days or in a handful of days, we're going to be leaving. So just be prepared by then. I will be. And then she gives you the contact information and quite quickly leaves. Do you do you want to go hunting? Perfect. Maybe just kill some things? Make a per- persuasion roll. Oh, a negative two. I think I have some getting used to my new lodgings. In your lodgings, do you stay with other people? Um, I don't really like the word slave, but people like you? Uh, no. Our floors, although I will say I'm surprised, they are tightly packed small rooms. Um, but each slave has their own room. It's no more than a broom closet, really. But there's a bed, enough room to sidle in. It's fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to go kill some things. Bye. Goodbye. And she walks away. And you get the feeling, like, as she's walking away, she didn't quite put two and two together that you guys were a part of the group that she was with, Clive and Ray. She just was, like, solely thought she was, like, being given to Atlas. So there's not even, like, that realization. Perfect. Then, you know, time passes, the day comes and goes, and eventually you all find your own way to your bunks to do whatever. Clive, as you settle in for a nice night of sleep, the, the, the nice buzz you had kind of wearing off already, you get into your sheets having fresh showered, pull them up over. It's not the biggest room you've ever been in, but it's it's quite comfortable and it's yours. All the things you've asked for pretty much are there and you 
you fall into a peaceable slumber. As you're sleeping, the dark place begins to melt away. And from that darkness, the smoke rises up from the bottom and starts to form what looks like a field. The field has a nice wooden fence line that runs around it, and it has what looks to be anorak in it, these these bull-like bovine animals. You hear the barking of a familiar pet, Rocky the dog, your favorite basset hound. You kind of smile, and you get up out of your bed. You just had a great night of sleep. The sun is coming up, and you look out across the farmstead. There's a voice that kind of calls out to you from beside you, and it says, Ah, it's too early. Come back to bed. And you tell tell the person, now someone needs to go start the day's work. And you look back at your at your newlywed wife. Her hair is just perfectly messily strewn across the across the pillow. She is of what looks like an air genasi descent. So her skin is actually kind of like it's a it's a light skin, but it almost has like this like element of like if you just the light catches her just right in a weird way it almost gets like this weird glistening look to it her eyes are a pale purple and um you know she can do minor things like create movements in the wind and stuff like that she then says all right you have fun out there and you pull on your trousers button up your shirt you look over You see your father's rifle sitting on the side of the wall. It's battered and broken, has a scope on it, and it is covered in a black and white camouflage. You kind of touch the barrel as it reminds you of the man who raised you. You make your way down the steps, the steps that lead down to the center foyer of the house, the same creaking This is the house you grew up in. This is the house that one day you'll raise your children in. You grab a cup of coffee from the auto creation machine that just like creates whatever you want. And you start to make your way out into the farm. There is a ringing in your neural link. You pick it up and you hear Horace's voice. And he says, Hey, buddy. Thought you'd be up. Yeah, 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 I know. This is my third time calling. But let's be real. If I hadn't called you those other two times, your ass would have still been in bed, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, you know me, Horace. I do like I do like my beauty sleep. You like your beauty sleep or you like the beauty in your sleep? Yeah, a little bit of both. There's nothing wrong with that. Mmm. Mmm. How's it feel to get off Virgin Island? Uh, it's been a long time coming, trust me. Uh, I'm happy for you, bud. I, 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 I really am. But, um, look, hey man, we're shipping out today. 
I know you've said no, you don't want to follow in the footsteps of your father. But we have been on New Toro our whole lives. As he says that, you look across the way, and the land is completely flat, like well, there's not many trees, and in the far distance you see a small speck. You know that speck to be the house that Horace grew up in. You boys were, you grew up together. And you have many memories of rushing around these fields, causing all sorts of just chaos. And it's actually here in these fields that you first picked up a rifle and began shooting at the varmints that would come bother your family's farm. His voice intercedes, cutting through that memory. He says, We're shipping out today. We got a problem with a group of secessionists. Thinking that they are, um, thinking that they're going to move away from, from the Federation. On top of that, they have the great idea that they are going to take some of the hyperlane secrets. They're going to try and impose these tariffs. But worst of all, no, they're threatening people over it. So, I've trained. I've sat around for months waiting for my first time and chance at getting some action. And this is it, man. This is it. I'm shipping out. I'm going to war. That's what I'm telling you. Well, unfortunately, Horace, I do not share that, uh, that same sentiment. Uh, I don't... I like it here. You know, we've, we have been here our whole lives, but... What's the sense of, you know, changing the norm? Adventure. What happened to that, man? Yeah, well, you grow up and you, you settle down and, you know, your perspective on things starts to change. And, well, I just don't know if I have that in me, in me anymore. No, no, no. You grow up and you go on adventure. Settling down is what you do when you're an old man. Well, maybe I'm an old man at heart then. Whatever. Whatever, man. Anyways. <sighs> a lot of the guys give me shit because they don't think you exist. But I've been telling them about the man who can shoot. I told them that story about the time you shot four of them dire rats straight through the head. In a line. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <sighs> My dad taught me pretty well how to shoot a rifle. You know, he... I, uh, I've been shooting all my, my whole life, so it's nothing. You've been shooting at a higher level than the snipers I know. Even the ones who've been trained. You got a gift. Now, I know, I know you're saying you're not going to do it. But I'm just saying a gift like that is squandered away for you to raise your cattle. You can go around milking them. That sounds real fun. Maybe one day you'll have a baby who's helping you pull up the udders. And, you know, you can tell them about old Uncle Horace and how he's doing all the cool shit out in the stars. So, you know what? You know what else is wasted? Your damn skills at driving. But hey, you know, those old tractors? Those are great. Maybe you can enter one of them tractor races. See who can get the other side fastest going five miles an hour. Well, are you challenging me? Is that what's, that's what's going on? <laughs> I know what happens when I challenge you. You shoot out the wheels and then you beat me. You don't play fair. Well, it's just like the uh, old days when you and I used to run around. 
the old days. Hmm. Well, speaking of the old days, look, I don't know if we're going to sit together and drink a beer again like the old oh, days. Don't, don't start with that. No, 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 no. Shit happens, man. Now look, my family, they're gone. They all they all died in that nasty bit of sickness. And you know that my father's side that they, they left us. So I don't have anyone. Now you and your lovely wife, you're all I have. And hopefully you guys actually are successful and you make something, you know? Birth something that looks a little bit better than you. <laughs> um, and so when that day comes, if something were to happen to me, I... I've put you guys on my life insurance. The FRI forces suggested that that was a good idea, sign up for that, and I couldn't think of anyone else. Especially with you two shipping out for your for your honeymoon. What is it? It's like tomorrow, right? You guys are leaving tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Finally get a kind of finally get a break from the work, and I get to treat the lady. I'm I'm pretty excited. Ah. You know, I've never been to Opal Beaches. I hope you enjoy that. I really do. Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be great to relax a little bit. And but, you know, don't you go out and dying on me anytime soon, okay? You know me. I want adventure from a coward's point of view. So that's what they say, anyways. I'm just gonna be the engineer pick, fixing up shit. Um, anyways. Hey, man, I um, sent you half of my month's pay. I know you don't got much, but use that to go and do some cool things while you're out in those beaches. And uh, if the lady asks where it came from, don't just just tell her you worked extra hard. She doesn't need to know. I appreciate that, Horace. You know, you've always had my back, and I don't know, I'm always going to have yours. Good. All right, bud, I got to go. And then he kind of hangs up with a shink. And as that happens, the sun is finally, like, cresting, and then the sky is, like, fire, orange, and pink. And the last thing before you wake up is you hear the door open, and you see your wife kind of dressed in a nightgown. The, her skin, kind of like that goose flesh as the wind's hitting it. And she just yells out, and she goes, Hey, you got some breakfast out. You been doing, talking to yourself out here? Come on. You said you were gonna gonna work. You could have spent some more time in bed with me. Yeah, well I was just you know, I was getting stuff started, but you know what? Yeah, let's 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 go spend some time together today. Okay. Work can wait. As you go in and enjoy some time with her, she shuts off the news that she had running, just as the news says and as of lately, there's been a higher amount of orc raids and pirate attacks in the area. So just go ahead and make sure that you keep a line going to your local authorities if you see anything. And she shuts it off and she says, nasty bit of business. Whenever things just seem to get worse other places, it's like it spreads like a cancer. That's why I love you. You are the steady place, the only genuine kind of peaceful place in this universe of mine oh well i love you too and i promise to you with 
all my heart that I will keep this place as much of a paradise as I can and keep all of that negative out of here so that you and I can just live happily and enjoy our lives for once. And then she hugs you, kisses you, and that's when you wake up. And I think that's also where we can call the game. Dang. That was so sweet. That was that a moment. Was awesome. Uh, that was a moment. Was awesome. I felt like I was a little intrusive looking into that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for joining and can't wait to have you next time. All right, see, you. see you later, spacers. There you go. Yeah. Which now one? you're going to want to go to Opal Beaches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we have to. <laughs> what? No, you don't oh, have to go to Opal Beaches. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.